0: Welcome to the Blue Bloods podcast, a
1: college game time production. Watch out! He's got getaway speed. Touchdown!
0: That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of blue bloods out competing.
1: College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays All I really need is another weekend Pulling back to back games Just me and my friends Man, I love college hey. College football hey. I love March Madness hey. Man, I love college
0: hey. I And hey, guess who's back <laughs> Back again Blue Bloods are back Tell a friend with episode 41. It's been a couple weeks, Be Holmes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been uh, two weeks. <laughs> there was a hurricane that hit. And <laughs> if, you, a- if you <laughs> listen to episode 40, which was a couple of weeks ago, we did mention that there might be some technical difficulties as yep. a result of this hurricane that might... We, we weren't sure what the impacts were going to be, but you had a little bit of a journey these past couple of weeks. Talk about... Uh, Tell us yeah.
1: about it. I mean, I'm I not saying this. Jump.
0: I don't mean to sound like I'm making light of it, but I think now that we're on the other side of no, it, no, it's the only way to really
1: just even like fester through it. So, those who don't know, for our list, I, I moved to Florida because my wife lived here, um, and so, bro, I've I've been through like tornadoes. Um, that's about it as far as natural disasters. Um, so, right. they we had Ian that just hit here, and it was crazy because like. I'm ask, I don't know anything about hurricane. So I'm asking my wife like, "Hey, what are we supposed to evacuate? Like what do we?" She's like, "Well, what do you want to do?" I'm like, "I don't know. You're the hurricane <laughs> expert. You're from Florida." Like, and you know, like when I hear hurricane, I'm like, "You get out." But if you're saying like, "Oh, it's not a big deal." Now, granted to everyone that lived here, the information was like really off cuz at first it was headed towards like Mississippi, then mm. it bent a little bit and it was he- heading towards like the panhandle of Florida, then like the day before it hit, that's when we kinda got the alert, like, oh crap, you guys might want to you know, you might want to evacuate within certain right. zones of the city. So then I'm asking my wife like, Should we leave? And she's like, Nah, we're like in we're in the second to last zone. Um so there's one other zone behind us before we would get kind of hit. Um we have storm impact windows. I think we'll be fine. Everyone's kind of saying this, Trey. Like everyone from Florida is like, don't make it a big deal, which I learned because of Irma, like a ton of people got stuck on a highway because there's only three ways out of our city and three ways in. So imagine you take two hundred thousand people trying to leave on three roads.
0: Well, and I remember when you were on the when we we were on the front end of this, you and I were talking offline and I was like, Man, this Ian thing looks like it's about to hit Florida. Like, are y'all okay? And you were kind of saying the same thing you were, you were like, I don't know, but everyone else is acting like everything's fine. So as far as I'm concerned, everything's fine. Like, we're fine, that's, right? That's all you have to go off of. That's is, all I have to what's, go what's off What's the
1: temperament of everyone else in the community? Everyone is, like, calm. Like, I mean, I'm at the grocery store. People are like, oh, this is just what Florida does. Get some water. You know, <laughs> come help put, you know, so I helped my mother-in-law put the storm shutters up and... You know, it was everyone's like, we're doing this as a precaution. We don't think anything right. may, we might get a category three, which to me, I'm like, there's only five numbers. Three is a pretty high number. But once again, I'm the newbie here. Turns out, man, Ian takes a pretty big turn towards us. Um, and it was nine, uh, 10 hours of hurricane, like 10 mm. hours of 145 degree, 145 mile per hour winds or something high, 145 to 148. And the crazy part is, like, I could see it from my bedroom because we have storm windows. So I'm just watching this wind just, like, rip through houses, flip wow. boats. Um, it's just, it was – and then it's crazy because you can only see from, like, where you're at. You lose power. You have no cell service. Like, you're just sitting and waiting. And it's crazy because, like, when the – it was crazy because the first part of the storm happens, then there's, like, the eye of the storm where it gets really calm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's over. And Jessica's like, no, it's, this is, we're about to hit the back half. And the back half was worse than the first half. Mm. Um, so we have no power, you know, bottled water, all this, the whole deal. Um, Texts aren't really coming in because I think cell towers have just been knocked out. And then, bro, we just wake up the next morning and it's like the city's been decimated. Mm. Like, it was one of the saddest things. And I did that tornado up in Oklahoma a couple years ago. And it was worse than that. Like I'm mm-hmm. talking about, man, when you come out, it's like and it's not it isn't to make light, but it's just to give people perspective. It's like walking dead when you come out, like mm-hmm. everything's just destroyed. There's people walking around just kind of assessing damage. No streetlights. Um, I mean, thank God we're safe. The power line in front of us snapped in half the pole. Wow. Uh, And thank God, like the the core didn't hit our... Um, the transformer didn't blow and the, the power lines didn't hit our place or we would have just... Yeah, it was just mm, insane. Yeah. So then that turned into... We spent like the next 14 days. Um, Our church, the church I worked for, we turned to a relief center. And man, we served over uh, yeah. 300,000 people. Man. Um, Just... It, I think when you got to see the, devast, the the devastation you saw was crazy. And I mean... It's one of those things like where you want to complain, but you realize like everybody's kind of going through it. Like nobody has power, right. no one has internet, no one has running water. Like I remember you and I were texting, but like the text was coming. You're right. Five. Well, I hours. remember
0: you got one when you were actually in the eye because I remember yeah. I had saw something on the news or whatever, and I was like, okay, I need to check on Brandon. And then like I didn't hear, but it's like, what do you do? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then and then <laughs> I got like a long text from you, like man. We're in the eye of the storm right now. Yeah. Here's where it's at. But if you anyways. don't hear from me, don't panic. Yeah. Cause like yeah. Br-
1: Braden Cheryl, like, I love Braden. Brayden's like blowing me up. Cause he's like, <laughs> I haven't heard from you. What's going on? And it's like, I can see the text. I'm like, Hey man, I don't know if you're ever going to get this. Um, I'm fine. Like relax, <laughs> bro. Um, but it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, needless to say, anytime I hear a hurricane from here on out, I'm evacuating. Like I don't care. Mm-hmm. If it could be a category one, two, three, like I've lived through one. Um, the cool thing is, man, like um, we had crews come from all over the country. So majority of our city has power. Um, mm. everybody has running water again. I think the most inconvenient thing some people are living without that actually have their homes is they're living without internet. But man, I'm talking about there's people who lost houses and mm. cars and I mean just everything, man. It, it is quite sad because I'm still driving around. You can see the remnants of the storm. Um, I've been very intentional after that to be very, I'll say this, it was like, it showed me how quick life can just be, not to be Mm. morbid, but it can just be over so, Mm -hmm. because you're hearing these stories. My brother-in-law's a nurse, he's working at the hospital, Mm -hmm. so we're just hearing so much. Um, it just made me like, you know, as as silly as it sounds, this past Saturday, having my first Saturday where I could sit and watch football was like... Man, it was like the best day ever because you're like, oh, man, you almost take these little things for granted and you get to see how quick like it could change. Um, and so, you know, it's just been crazy. We've served a bunch of people. We we had some uh, people at our church that like lost limbs, um, lost homes, lost cars, mm-hmm. like have nothing. Um, and so thankfully, my family's good. Um, our home is fine uh shout out to our landlord our old landlord told us we had to be out by the saturday and the storm hit wednesday so i remember you saying we, that. yeah we moved in the midst of our after the hurricane and the devastation but uh dude our church community has been great so anybody that listens hey our church i work for cape christian down in cape Coral, florida um we have mm-hmm. a disaster relief fund if you want to um donate to us that you can go to capechristian.com um and Donate one hundred percent of all those things go directly to um storm victims. So we actually just mm. and then we can pivot. But I I feel like it would be irresponsible if I didn't use the platform I have to yeah. push something that really matters to us and to me. Um, so we've shifted from like a level one relief center. Which shout out to us, man. We've never done that before, and our team just hit the ground running. FEMA actually came in and was like, "You guys are doing such a good job. We're gonna leave you alone." Wow. Um. Bro, we ran our whole operation. So we went from, like, feeding and um, providing, like, food and stuff every day, which was, like, a 14-day thing we did for two weeks. We fed over 100,000 people every day um, to now we're more, like, I would say almost the next phase is re- recovery. So it's um, tarps, rebuilding houses, um, rebuilding roofs. A lot of people lost their roofs. Um, mm. So. Just different things like that, trying to get people back um, on their feet and, and kind of get them back to some sense of normalcy. So you can always donate to our church well, 100% of it that goes to us. And
0: something very practical on that that I saw on social media was like one of the local high school football coaches had put a shout out, I think, on Twitter or something to y'all's church and to your pastor, Pastor Corey, thanking him for having water, like for providing yeah. water so the kids, you know, because it's like, you want to get back to normalcy, but when there's these normal things that you no longer have that you're used to having, it's like, okay, well, yeah, we got to have water if we're going to have practice. Yeah. And he had like this whole palette of just bottled water that I guess y'all's church provided. And then what I thought was even cooler was that pastor Corey's response was you got enough. Like, is that enough? You need more? Like, 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 let's go. Like, what do we need? Let's and and, uh, yeah, so it's one of those things that you can be inspired by even from a distance where it's like this horrible, like natural disaster hits, but then there's like this silver lining of seeing like people like come together yeah. to help each other. Yeah. And um and it then, of course, man. from our standpoint, right? You know, churches and God and pastors, there's like this sometimes this stigma attached yeah. to it in our culture. And it's like it's so cool when the church now becomes the lifeblood for the community in a time of disaster. Even what you referenced earlier, I don't know if anyone caught it. You said, I did the tornado in Oklahoma. Just in case you didn't realize what he meant when he said that is, he was a part of the team that went and served the communities that were devastated by the tornadoes in Oklahoma. And what he's saying with this situation, it was even worse. That's what's crazy. It's something that can happen overnight. Yet talk about, because you told me this offline as well, Like y'all shifts because just so everyone understands real quick. Brandon's like regular routine on Saturdays is like, we're texting all day about, about football, college football. (laughs) And like, so the last couple of weeks from my perspective, I'm like, I'm not about to be texting Brandon about college football right now. Like, I don't even know if he's watching college football. And so we, we uh, hadn't been doing that. It's been more so just when we could exchange, kind of get an update, but then you would hit me, uh, Maybe early last week you were on yeah. the way, maybe to Orlando. But talk about like y'all had like these
1: pretty intense shifts Dude. that your team was working to make all this like come to life. Yeah, people don't understand, man. We were working our team. Shout out to our team. It's probably the greatest. I would say it's the. I it wouldn't be the most talented team I've been on, but the most camaraderie I've been around, mm. like team wise, um, mm. just unself, un, unselfish. Just it's the dream team for sure. But, man, we're working, like, 12, sometimes 15-hour day. Like, Pastor Corey, he's on the phone 15 hours a day because he's talking to the governor, the state department, the mm. national. Go- like, he – so we had, to move, we had to move him to a place where he can get some Internet so he can actually get everything going. Then our team, man, we're, like, boots on ground. Like, we're getting there 7 a.m. Sometimes some people are getting there like early because, like, you get – Corey might get a call, and it's like, hey, I have a semi at the church, and it's, like, 3 in the morning. You know, and you have to get there and unload it. Um, Mm. So you're working from, like, 7 to, like, 7 every day, sometimes later. Um, And so you worked four days on, and then you take, like, two days off. So I was able to take, like, the girls to Orlando. And It's funny because my daughter was like, I just want to watch a show. Like, I just want to stream a show and, like, have a sense of normalcy, which I'm like, oh, no, I understand. And so – we got to go and spend a couple you know, so everyone worked four days and you took like two days off and, mm-hmm. um, that was cool. Like every, and I'm talking about, and this is why it's like super cool. And I think it's really important, like who you do life with and who you decide to even work for, because I'm talking everybody from like the head pastor who recorded not even take a break yet. He's just taking his now. Mm-hmm. Um, but from our executive pastor down to our facilities, guys, like everybody got, that four on two off kind of schedule mm. and taking care of the team and making sure we could, you know, refresh, replenish and come back. Cause on top of that, man, here's the crazy part. Like we're working, but then we're seeing four to 600 volunteers a day. Mm. So not only are you trying to run a relief center, you're trying to, you know, run, a, you're running an organization or, right yeah. then, like mm-hmm. with on the spot. And, you know, none of us have really lived through a hurricane like this before. So we're just <laughs> figuring it out as we go. And you're, you're, on one side, you're trying to feed the, and serve the community. On the other side, you're trying to feed and serve your local community, which is the church, um, because those people are hurting and, you know, they want to catch up. And so yeah. it was probably one of the most exhausting, like, two weeks. I feel like this two weeks have put, like, a year on my, like, time in Florida. Mm. Um, but it was actually really cool to see, man. And that that was um, it's probably one of the, the biggest impact I think I got. I would say my biggest takeaway is, was this, um, and I was actually texting Corey about it, um, was one, don't take life so seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it can be gone in an instant. And, and I'd say don't take life so seriously, meaning, like, don't. The things I was just, like, overwhelmed with about, like, two weeks ago, I'm like, man, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I got my health. I got my family. I got a job. I have more than enough than what I need. Between me and my wife, we are fine. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you really appreciate that and not to sweat the small things like me and my wife were talking about some other day, and She's like, you just seem like, you know, like, you're just kind of like, eh, about things. And I was like, I'm not, eh. My perspective has just shifted to, like, nah, it's not that deep. Like, I just yeah. don't have time to be, like, upset or pissed about stupid stuff. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. um, and then I, I think, too, it, it really is, man, like, soaking in these moments, like, in windows. Like, I talk about a lot, like, life happens in windows and moments and just taking time to really just, Embrace the season of life you're in And then three man I think it's just It's given me the freedom To just be like Unapologetically like who I am Which I've never had like A super hard time with But I think Based upon stuff You know you and I talk about Offline You start trying to you know, you try to play the game. I think that's the best way to say it. you play the game of life, you play the game of corporate or ministry, whatever it is. And you try to make sure you're good and you're covering your bases and not burning any bridges. And I'm kind of on this phase of my life. Like, for what? Like, yeah. I want to do life with the people that want to do life with me. I'm not really going to chase relationships like unless they bring me real value and vice versa. If I'm I don't want to be elite. So if I'm not giving you value, you're not giving me value there's no need for me to do it. And it doesn't mean people are bad. It doesn't mean there's beef. It just means, eh, that's just not something I really need to pursue. Cause like, I will say this, like the thing that this hurricane showed me was like, yo, who's really rocking with me? Mm-hmm. Like, and there's people I talk to regularly that, you know, and it's no harm, no foul. People get busy. They got lives. I got it. I'm not, I'm not teed at all, but it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like I know who reached out. I know, mm-hmm. which for me has been a prayer. Of God show me like who I need to roll with right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's cool. Like, it shows you, like, all right, these are the relationships that I value and that value me the way I need to be valued. And I don't have to accept anything less. And it's actually a lot less stressful in life when you get to roll that way. So, Mm -hmm. man, big life lesson. But I'm glad my family's good. Um, Our church is good. We just have minimal damage. Um, And we're kind of going back. We went from doing that for two weeks, and then we had six services this weekend. They were all full. (laughs) So... (laughs) They were all full, so um, bro, I slept hard last night. I took like oh, a three-hour night a nap yesterday, but yeah, good to be back to normal. Good, I got to watch some football. I mean, when I was in Orlando, I had taped. Shout out to YouTube TV; they need to give me a sponsorship, <laughs> bro, because I had like taped like fifteen games. So I'm just like in Orlando, like <laughs> catching up over the last two weeks. Like I can watch this. <laughs> So that's so awesome. Now we're back to normal as best as we can. I mean, we still have stuff to do, but uh, it, it was good to be back this Saturday and just watch some football, man.
0: Oh, yeah. And trying to get back into a routine. Nah, man, that's that's pretty powerful. You know, just just having a moment where you're able to kind of go, okay, I need to quit sweating, sweating the stuff, the small stuff that I'm making, the big stuff. Right. Um, Yeah. So... I don't know. I, I guess at this point, do do we want to dive into
1: some college football now? Let's go into or some college football, would, man. You know, I mean, we, we've set our pleasantries. Everyone knows I'm alive. I'm well. <laughs> hey, the good news is this though: a bunch of people found out we have a podcast through this. Because hey, <laughs> when you're serving hot food, you there's so many things you can talk about. You right. know? and people are like, wait, you have a podcast? I'm like, uh, yes. Here, matter of fact, uh, when you get cell service here, you can go to this.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, I think something I want to just open up with, yeah, because um, some of this turnover has happened in the last couple of weeks. Is I just want to sort of recap the current Power Five jobs that are open right now, um, as far as coaches being fired. We knew we know Nebraska. We've discussed that that discussed that happened that. prior to, to the hurricane. hurricane. Some of these I don't know if they have. I guess all of these happen between the last time we recorded and today. Yeah. Because Wisconsin is open. Yep. Georgia tech is open. Yep. Arizona state is open Mm -hmm. and Colorado is open. Mm -hmm. Um, We've discussed that Nebraska job pretty in depth. And then now that Carolina, the NFL, Carolina, the Panthers have fired Matt rule. I'm wondering.
1: I would kick feel, the tires on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like him in that Nebraska or Wisconsin spot, like assuming he wants to jump right back in. I mean, it sounds like he's going to make 14 million or something uh, just to go <laughs> sit Away. on a couch. That's what they're <laughs> saying. A fired NFL coach is the best job to have in the world. <laughs> but, it is, uh, man. It is. But, uh, that Nebraska Wisconsin seemed like would, 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 would fit him. Well, um, but yeah, I'm looking at Wisconsin. I think they're giving uh, Leonard. They're giving him. A, I think he's the, the he's interim. Going to get a, the interim. They're he's giving going to get a him a fair shot. Yeah, the former player, and he's been the defensive coordinator. Uh, Arizona State, Colorado. I mean, they're they're in the Pac-12. But what's the Pac-12 gonna be once they lose USC and UCLA and possibly more teams? Right. Um. That Georgia Tech job now. Obviously the, the name that pe- people desperately want to link to that job is Deion Sanders. There's no way I don't see it happening. There's no way. Um, It's weird because with Deion, I, 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 I go back and forth on whether he's going to take a power five job or not. Um, right. He's built such a large platform as far as being an advocate for HBCU leveling the playing field and the personal investments he's made into Jackson state and even mm-hmm. the SWAC as a whole. It just seems like it would be odd for him this time next year to be coaching. And I don't think it would be Georgia tech Auburn. No. I could see that just, just from a like, like Auburn, you, you put Deion Sanders at a school like Auburn. Now the SEC's sweating a little bit. Yep. Now, now Kirby smart, Nick Saban are going, okay, like this, we're going to have to deal with this. Like, like, um, not saying that's even something he's considering they're considering, but I have seen that with, with all the smoke around Harson. Auburn's not even open right now. Right. Um, but then I go the amount of money (laughs) like that, that he would make going in and playing at, uh, or coaching at, 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 a program like that. Um, and mm-hmm. he could literally write his own check cause he'd say, okay, you want to get me like, I'm good guys. So, so if yeah. you want to pull me away from here? This is what it's going to take. I want, I want saving money. I want Sweeney yep. Dabo Sweeney money. And so I go back and forth on it, but I digress. Let me get back to Georgia tech. I feel like this job should be much better than what it is. Definitely. Or more attractive than what Definitely. it is. Definitely. Um, and here's what I mean by that. When I think of Georgia Tech, I feel like it's a, a place that could almost be a lightweight version of a USC mm-hmm. just without the history and without the beaches. But as far as right. that celebrity draw... Because let's face it, USC's not selling out all their games. Like not if at they all. have if they have a big game, you know, I mean it's LA. Like there's so many other things to go do, just like Atlanta. Atlanta, one of their knocks as a sports town is it's a tourist town. Like it's it's yep. a lot of out-of-towners, not a lot of people who grew up, you know, Atlanta Hawks fans or whatever. Right. But what I'm saying is is with the pop culture impact the city of Atlanta has currently, not even just in music. It used to just be all geared toward music. Now it's right. all over TV, TV, yep. music. Like I feel like you could utilize that to build a program in a talent-rich state like Georgia, in a metropolitan area like Atlanta, to right. build a like dominant program. I just don't really understand why they're
1: so bad. I just – I think it's – I think it just takes the right coach almost. Because you're right. Like, they're in the – they're in the – maybe the third best conference in ACC, debatable yeah. in the year. But they are in such a talent-rich state. I – you know, maybe it was the years because, you know, they ran a the triple option for God knows how That's, long uh, that that definitely probably set them back a couple of years. And then this new guy came in and I forget his name and he switched Collins. Yeah. And he kind of tried to switch what they ran. And I just I, I don't know who would take that job that could do well, but it, it seemed like it's because have you ever seen Georgia Tech? Like no. been to the school, bro? I've. I mean, I've been beautiful. to Atlanta, but I've never been. to Yeah, tech. like beautiful downtown. Like I'm looking at it when I, I remember, like driving past, and I'm like, dude, how can you not recruit to come here? The stadium is sweet. You're downtown, and I'm not an Atlanta guy. I don't really like Atlanta. I personally hate Atlanta. Um, as I say, I like I don't really like going. But like, <laughs> if that's your speed, uh, and then all the talent that's right there, like you shouldn't. I don't I, like. I don't know who you call to take that job over. Like you said, it feels like it's kind of getting looked at. Like, eh, it's Georgia Tech. When, if we are being honest, Georgia Tech has had success. Like they've had success. Um, they've been they were what, what would we say consistent seven eight win team, um, mm. running the triple option. So. Oh yeah, I mean they I were just,
0: winning New Year's six bowls or or BCS bowls prior to that. I mean.
1: So yeah. I, yeah, I don't know who you. I don't know. What name Because I feel like At Georgia Tech It has to be a culture fit Though too Like mm-hmm. you I think it has to be A culture fit As far as You have to understand That part Because that part Of the South is, un, is not like Every other part Of the South I think Unless you've like Been in it You you will know Like Atlanta Isn't Atlanta isn't Tuscaloosa It isn't I don't know Oxford Like Atlanta Is like It's black Hollywood like that area is, it's Black Hollywood. It's USC, LA, but black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think I mean that's what we call, they call it Black Hollywood for a reason. So I think you have to have like the right personality to really understand and capitalize at that job to recruit at a high level because the talent is there. There's a ton of dogs in that in that mm-hmm. in that metroplex. You just have to have the right personality that understands. It's kind of like how you used to say how Pete Kerr, how Pete Carroll mm-hmm. could play did both great. sides of the. He could play both sides of the fence yeah. at USC. I think you need that at Georgia Tech. You need a guy that can relate on both sides because you got all kind of kids out there. Yes, you got kids who are in not the best upbringings, not the best neighborhoods. But then you got kids, yeah. man. They're living in multi million dollar cribs. Like yeah. they got money, money. Um, and then they can still ball so you have to I think you have to have that I just don't know who out on the market can give you that right now that would actually take that job outside I mean, of Dion
0: and it's also a place where you you have like like the the, the kind of mega church a lot of yep. like well-known sort of celebrity pastors yep. where you know th- those are relationships that can help you when it comes yes. to recruiting and I think that's why people so desperately want to link. Deion sanders there not just because he played for the falcons right but every single box you just listed he checks. he could do. do he can do it all he can, do, he it can all. do it all he can go to the 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 you know area that that is the 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 lowest economically mm-hmm. and relate to and connect with everyone there mm-hmm. he can go be a guest at the biggest uh you know multi million dollar mega church in the mm-hmm. city and connect with everybody in that audience he can go to the studio with you know so so deaf or whoever right, right. And, <laughs> and and connect with everyone I mean I'm saying like he He's literally ch- checks all those boxes and I think that's why people so desperately want to connect him to that. Um which I, I'm not gonna
1: lie like that would be <laughs> I don't I don't think it's a better gig for him than Jackson State right now though.
0: I I, I think don't. It, I, they could
1: pay him more, right? But I don't like, think it's they a could better pay, gig.
0: But what he's doing, from a purpose standpoint,
1: what we've talked about,
0: and what he, you know, as far as him feeling like he's in his calling, yeah. like At some point, you can't put a price on that, right? And and by the way, speaking of they, they've been, they've been balling, they've, ballin'. they've been balling, they've been balling, um. And their their five star hasn't even played hardly, and that's the thing yeah. and it's because Dion like he says, like when he's healthy and when he's yep. ready and he can yep. fully be Travis is what he says, then we'll get him on the field, but yes, you know he's not trying to rush him and get him out there right. to win games and but no, nah, man, they're uh, nope. oh there we go, there we
1: go, sorry, sorry, well <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <A> <laughs> technical.
0: A little technical. technical Everyone's All going. Right. Uh, what? What just happened? Right. <laughs> um. So, anyways. Um.
1: Sorry, guys. I have a kid, and oh, she has good. a hamster, and that thing is blowing into my mic, and it's been disturbing me. So that's what y'all just heard. I texted her. I'm the only 11 year old that doesn't check their phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> she doesn't check her phone. So I thought I muted my mic because I'm like, "Yo, no, you did. You're good." Okay, well, now y'all know. I'm like, your little hamster is rolling. (laughs) It's got to go. I can just hear. It It has to go. (laughs) No, what I heard was I heard your sound cut.
0: Oh, and so then okay. I was like, uh oh, I thought we were having I thought, uh, one like, of our freezes. Oh, no, yeah, I was, like I, one of I our infamous it. freezes.
1: <laughs> I muted it to yell, and then I was yeah. like, oh crap, I didn't. No, 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 no,
0: they didn't hear any of that. They just heard me going, uh, what, what uh,
1: right, uh, that, uh, no, 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 I was, especially
0: it. if they're listening on Spotify right now, they're like, what is happening? <laughs> hey, man, it's our first episode in a couple weeks, you know, we're good. So, anyways, Georgia Tech, whatever, uh, Wisconsin. Nebraska, uh, like Wisconsin. And how how about the irony here? Paul Chris got fired Mm -hmm. after he got trounced by Brett Bielema. Yes. In his first return back to Madison since he left to go to Arkansas. Um, Which, by the way... He's got the lion eye rolling, and that was one of You said that. One of the few predictions I actually have correct. Cause yeah. most of them are just completely, Off totally the board, out the window board. right now. But that's one of the few that I'm like clinging to is that he would have them bouncing back and turned around in year two, because that's just kind of a Brett Bielema thing. And anyways, um I don't want to spend too much more time on, on these jobs, but Arizona State, Colorado, I mean, both those jobs could be good with the right... With the right coach. With the right guy. And it sounds like with this new playoff expansion, these Power Five, um, like the Pac-12 will still have an automatic bid. Oh, yeah. Which, which that's a significant thing because we remember we talked a little while ago when all this was happening that mm-hmm. that the votes to not expand could yeah. end up costing conferences like the Pac-12, sure. you know, their, um, their, their their spot. But if they're going to keep that spot, then, you know, I'm Arizona State, and now I'm no longer having, having UCLA, USC, Oregon, sounds like possibly Washington. Um, and I think whatever Notre Dame ends up deciding to do, I think they're going to stay independent. But if they don't, you know, Stanford right. is still kind of linked to them. Yep, <laughs> that's a whole rabbit trail we could go down. But let's just start. Let's just go here then. Or where do you want to take it, B. Holmes? I mean, I I brought. That I mean, up. we where can jump. We
1: can just jump into this weekend. I mean, if you guys okay. don't know what happened the last two weeks, then you just don't watch college football. Yeah, <laughs> you probably don't <laughs> listen to our podcast. So, but I think this this week. May I say this? This week may have been the best week of college football. It was, as far as I think like. From top to bottom, good games. Maybe I'm just saying that because it's my first week in two weeks. But there were was, some good games. Yeah, there were there were some really there were some really really good games. So I think we can just go right back to our, our, our basic normal format.
0: Okay, well let's get into it then. Um, because here, let me tell you what this weekend did for me. This weekend made me go, how the heck is this thing gonna play out? Yep. Right. Far yep. as far as. Yep. The CFP, but more so, I'm more intrigued right now by these conference, like division races. Yes. So, so maybe my, um, maybe my, my, what do we have? We have, uh, I don't know, Rusty, our, our well, we talked top 25 matches, but our disappointment, surprise, overreaction. Um, I don't know that I had a disappointment this, weekend um my disappointment i think i would have to say was last weekend arkansas Mm -hmm. mississippi state Mm -hmm. um we not to just totally hash it all out but we got our tails handed to us and we didn't have our starting quarterback but our backup it was weird it was like we had a different backup than who I thought the backup was, which I thought was Malik Hornsby, who's a pretty highly touted four-star out of uh, the Houston area coming out. Mm-hmm. Him and Kendall Bryles had a strong connection. I always felt like he could kind of develop into um, an RG3 type. Yeah. Not that he would be RG3, like what RG3 was at Baylor, but but he has that same type of like once he sees open field, he's gone. Yeah. and And – you know, KJ can run, but he's not that type of dude. And I thought maybe we would see some elements of what Baylor was able to do with RG three with Malik Hornsby. Well, he doesn't even play to start the game. This other guys in there who do not even really know who he is. Then Hornsby comes in and immediately the offense starts clicking. And I don't know, our secondary is so suspect and we couldn't stop anything Mississippi state was throwing at us. I was just, I was just very disappointed in that game because it felt like we had a poor effort. Our defense just looked awful. And then on offense, I said this a couple of weeks ago about Arkansas. I said, I felt like we were going to lose to Bama, which is yep. crazy because the third quarter for a split second, I actually thought we might beat Bama. Yep. But but I said our hope after that Alabama game was we we can actually outscore the rest of the teams on our schedule, which is what right. I thought we we're going to have to do from here on out. and just offensively, which we were just in total shambles, and I think part of it was because we didn't have the right guy in at quarterback the whole game. It was just awful. Then we come out, rebounded against BYU, same thing. Can't stop anything they're throwing at us, but at least we were able to outscore them, and I still stand by my statement as we get deeper into the season because what I see this – Anyways, I'll just start there. That was my disappointment. You can go with anything you
1: have. You know, I know we. I said this week, but I I got to go to the last week. Was um, Washington getting upset by Arizona State? Mm. That that was tough for me. You know, because Washington was my dark horse pick, yep. and they yep. up to that point, man, they were playing phenomenal football. And I mean, they still are. Don't get me wrong, but you know, this is the Arizona State team that isn't good. Um, they just fired their head coach, um, so. I don't know. That that was kind of disappointing to me, um, and I actually did. I actually did tape that game because I wanted to see it because Washington was my dark horse pick. And I mean, they came back and handled business against Arizona, but that was their second game that they had dropped. Mm. Um, and to me, that that's a game they shouldn't have dropped because the other team they lost to was UCLA, which at the time was a really good. You know, they were both undefeated. DTR is right. looking good. We we looked at like okay, that's going to be a potential tight game. Mm-hmm. But then to drop another one at Arizona State when you shouldn't have done that, <clears throat> that, was, that was a big disappointment for me because I'm like that kind of affects them in now this conference race because I don't even think the Pac-12 does divisions anymore. It's like the two best teams play mm-hmm. for the conference championship, which right now currently looking like it's going to be SC and UCLA, which is a shocker.
0: Well, hold on though, because USC lost. Oh, so that's, that's right. They just lost so to that's, Utah. So
1: that's, let me,
0: because right. part of me wants to say that's my disappointment, right? Because I've just been going so hard for USC and I've even got a little bit, uh little little, little something, yeah. something extra right. invested <laughs> on Caleb Williams winning the Heisman. And so I was disappointed from a standpoint in that game that USC lost and it felt like there was a moment where Caleb Williams could like have his Heisman moment. Mm-hmm. Or have a Heisman moment. Like, uh-huh. the, it, the stage was set for him to make something happen where it could just continue to be replayed and talked about. Da, da, da. Kind of like Bryce Young last year in the drive yep. against Auburn, right? Yep. And, and that was, like, what sealed it for him. And it just didn't happen. Now, the reason why I didn't say that as a disappointment was because I'm glad Utah got that win as a fan because it keeps that Pac-12... Yeah. Race (laughs) interesting, Right. And what I'm realizing right now with bowl season being what it is, only having two games that matter. Yeah. Well, three, if you include the national championship, I've really gotten more invested in how the conference like Mm -hmm. races play out for the conference championships. And another thing is man, uh, uh, Kyle Whittingham. Yes. I just like him. The dude's a dog. And I, and here's the thing, and this is something that like no one probably even cares about, or even would notice, or care to notice. But like, obviously, Lincoln Riley came out and had some some issues with the officiating, and there was one personal foul that was just a god awful call, and right. then Utah was able to capitalize and score. I think like two plays later. Yeah. But there were a lot of. I watched that whole game. There were a lot of officiating, like poor officiating both ways yeah and there were a couple times where i was like oh my gosh like i can't like i cannot believe that utah is getting the shaft here yep and in in the whole time whittingham was like losing his mind on the officials like and this is a little thing but like I thought like, he, he wasn't, like, cussing him out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and right, a lot right. of times when you've got the camera on coaches <laughs> oh, like that, you're reading the lips. You know what they're saying. right? And then it just reminded me, like, I, I had the chance to visit with him back in July at Pac-12 Media Days that I just accidentally happened to be at. Yeah. And my wife and I were actually on a family vacation out in California, and we were at LA Live just, just – and I was like, "Oh, that's where I've told the story. I met Chip Kelly and got to yep. take a picture with him and all that." But I don't have like a picture to prove it or anything because with Whitting Whitting, I always want to say Whittington. I always go Whittingham, or uh, I need to get the, <laughs> maybe get the guy's name right. It's Whittingham. Whittingham. I don't know why I always want to say Whittington, but I saw him in the in the hotel lobby. Like we had just eaten at a restaurant, and I walk. We walked in. and We're just kind of looking around, and they had like this Lakers plaque at this the hotel that my wife wanted to see and I'm, we're in there and I see, I see Kyle Whittingham and I was like, I go, he's just standing there. He's like, I don't know if he was waiting to check out or if he was right. waiting, to whatever. <laughs> right. And I said, coach wit. And he kind of, and I said, coach wit. And he, he looked over at me and I just walked up, introduced myself to him. And we talked for like, like I was just going to do a quick handshake and then, all right, see you later. because right. he's been talking to media all day. And he starts asking me questions about, you know, where am I from? How do I, you know, what's my connection to, because I told him I was a fan and I was like, well, I'm not a Utah fan. I was like, but I am a fan of you as a coach, you know, and just your consistency, what you built. And then he's just asking me these different questions about myself. And then I was like, cool, man. And, that's what I'm saying. Like when we left, my wife was like, do you want a picture or something? I was like, no, because it didn't even feel like.
1: Right. It didn't feel like one of those.
0: He was moments. so <laughs> down to earth that it didn't feel like, oh, I need to take a picture with this guy. It was like, yeah. I felt like I knew him. Like that was my boy. And uh, anyway, so I- I've been really kind of pulling for him just like I have been Chip Kelly this year. Um, and and seeing him come away with that, I just, I feel like he he has his standards. He's a disciplinary coach. He holds players accountable but it's like you could tell he has some personal standards that no matter how heat of the moment he gets or how emotional mm. it gets, like he doesn't compromise them. I and I don't know. Um, I, I talked way too long on that. But anyways, it keeps that Pac-12 race interesting because right now it's UCLA and Oregon at the top, and they're about to play each other. Yeah. So, So that Utah, USC, Oregon, UCLA, the race to see who... Uh, ends up in that Pac-12 championship because obviously UCLA or Oregon's going to have a loss after this weekend. Yep. And really, dude, we said this about UCLA because uh, the last time we, we had this, they were looking at, um, yeah, that's, what's crazy. It was Washington, Utah, yeah, Washington Oregon. Name. Yep. It was Washington, Utah, Oregon, back to back to back. And we were like, we're really about to learn what this UCLA team is about. And here we are. They're two and zero. You know they're two for two. Right. If they can beat this Oregon team, they've it's got dangerous. Stanford, Arizona State, Arizona, which they should be able to win, and then they'll have a big matchup with USC uh, in their second to last game. And so, but if you remember. We talked about UCLA as a possible dark horse. You did. You did. And, and and what my reasoning was, other than Chip Kelly was really nice to me and took a picture with me, it was the <laughs> fact that they have like the oldest team yeah. in the conference. Yeah. And that's where, you know, the, the, the saying you would talk about when we talk about basketball where you'd say with the COVID year and all that, it's helped level the playing field where teams mm-hmm. have such, you know, guys who've been Experience. in the program six, yeah. seven years now. And that's kind of what UCLA is. Okay, I'm done. Go, go,
1: it's yours. Um, so we I did my biggest. What's our biggest surprise? Man, biggest surprise, Syracuse. Yes. First, first off, like, can I be frank? Syracuse just cost me two grand. Um, <laughs> oh oh bro, my goodness. So check. I don't really talk much about like what I kind of do on the side sometimes, but <laughs> I had a ten game parlay hit everything except for the North Carolina State spread. North Carolina jacked me because they didn't tell me Devin Leary wasn't playing till right before the game started. And the the game was like cost me 2 grand off 20 bucks. So I'm a little upset about that mm. part. Mm, mm, that mm, part mm. really hurts cuz I'm like very rarely do you really hit a 10 gamer? Oh, like very yeah. and I mean I was spot on. And mm. anyways, whatever, but shout out to Syracuse man like if most people don't remember, Dino Babers was on the hot seat to start yeah. this season. He was on the hot seat. Um, so it's it's pretty cool to see, you know, him kinda turn this program around, went with a new quarterback this year. Um, and I didn't get to catch like a ton of that game because it was on at the same time as the Bama Tennessee game, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. But um man, shout out to I, no one would. They. I'll call you a liar if you said you thought Syracuse was going to go six and zero this year, right? Which is really crazy because now they're going into an undefeated matchup with Clemson next week, um, mm-hmm. this upcoming Saturday, which is going to be a game I'm definitely going to watch. Um. So, man, that that was my biggest shocker, man. And I mean, obviously, people could say, you know, the preseason ACC Player of the Year and Devin Leary didn't play, but at the end of the day, I say this for anybody when people say, oh, they had a week not con schedule or whatever 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 about it. all you can do is play with the hand you're dealt you can't control injuries you can't control schedule these kids don't control that these kids just have to show up and win the game and Mm -hmm. as we see all throughout the year it's hard to just win the games it's hard to go undefeated like it's hard to just only lose one game like this is a hard sport week in and week out to win as many games as you do so i want to say man shout out to the the Q's man, to go 6-0 and with a potential to go 7-0. and And, I mean, with that kind of momentum, with the way they – I've watched a couple of their games, man, they play tough defense. And I just feel like – you know what I feel like? I feel like they're one of those teams like Michigan State last year. If mm. you let them stay in the game, mm-hmm. they're going to make you pay. Like, That's you got to get rid of them early. And if you don't, if you let them hang around, it's – it and the few games I've watched – because they've all been pretty tight. They haven't really blown anybody out. Yeah. I've watched them and I'm like, oh, the ball's going to tip their way. Like, it's like they hang along, they hang around long enough. And this is going to be a big game for DJ down at Clemson. I mean, he had the shootout with Wake Forest, which they had that last year, but mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how Clemson is going to handle this Syracuse squad. I don't know. Is it at Clemson next week? It's, or it's is,
0: at Clemson. Yeah. Okay.
1: it's at, So that probably helps, but still like, and I watched a little bit of Clemson this past week against Florida State, man. They almost gave that game up. Um, Florida State was a little tighter mechanically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm still not high on the Clemson hype train. Everybody, national pundits have been, as they've been undefeated, and they're saying Clemson is back. Last year was an off year. I'm kind of like, I just don't see it, Trey. Like, I don't see it. I've watched them a couple times this year, and I just don't feel that way.
0: Well, and and the <clears> team that even in their, like,
1: dominant
0: years, the team that was always a thorn in their side was Syracuse. hmm And uh, I'm intrigued by this one, too. I wished it, just for the sake of shaking it up, I wished it was at Syracuse. That would have been amazing
1: in the dome. But
0: it is an 11 a.m. game, so it's not like they're having to play at Clemson at night. It's, right. It's an 11 a.m. game, uh, which which does typically help the visiting team. The visiting team, yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've got my eye on that one as well. I'm curious, man. This Clemson team, they, they just they, – they do. They just keep winning these games, and and we'll see what – because after that, I mean, one, two, what, Notre Dame, Louisville.
1: I don't know. Maybe South Carolina will do something. I'm still – I don't think uh, so. I don't either. I don't think so. Which I, I don't want to see Clemson go to playoff. But, but outside of that – I I will say this. My other biggest surprise, oh, man, this is a big surprise. How about them boys in blue, man? How they just trounce. Oh. Yeah. Pens- Don't get me wrong, I love my team. I love my team. Dave Drum, you're listening to this. He says my trigger word is objective when people say <laughs> I'm not an objective fan. Well, that is a trigger word for me because I'm very objective as a Michigan fan, I feel like. Um, I did not expect that. Like, I expected a 24-21 type game. Yeah. Potentially swinging Penn State because you you let Sean Cliff – we saw it against Purdue. You let him hang around long enough, and they had their moment. Like, I don't know if anybody watched the game close towards halftime where they – he did the the, zone read, kept it, scored that touchdown. Then Mm -hmm. we get the interception, pick six, they come back. Then they come out the first drive of the second half, put three on the board, and you're like – dang, Michigan, this should not be a game. And then they just went and did what they were supposed to do. So, like, very, very – I will say this. I'm I'm ready to, like, say this now because I was very skeptical. And part of this I'm probably still a little bit fired up from this weekend when a bunch of Ohio State fans kind of ran their mouth at me. Um, and I had to remind them I couldn't hear them over the 42 points that we <laughs> dropped on them last year. And then – so, Dave Drum, I know you're going to listen. and It's fine. It's my podcast. I can say whatever I want to say. So, Trey, these guys actually try to tell me this, though. They're like, they go, oh, uh, yeah, you you guys are a one-trick pony. I was like, yeah, that one trick that ran for five touchdowns on you last year, right? Like, how was that one trick? I mean, if you're not going to stop it, why would I not keep doing it? Well, how, how'd the playoff go? I was like, oh, so we're, we're going to brag about our participation trophy in the Rose Bowl last year? Like, because that's the goal, right? To go to whether you lose, whether you get smoked or not. The mm-hmm. goals go to the playoff. Then, they well, what's, what, what, what you're winning? What you winning? You guys haven't had a winning record. I go, we've had a winning record like every year. We just haven't beaten you guys. But I go, we're not going to go. Let's not talk past. Let's talk just like what just happened. What just happened yeah. is we whooped you forty-two. We put forty-two points on you. Then this is when you know you get guys skating. Well, who's number one in the polls right now? I was like, oh, we're taking mid-season polls right now as dubs. Like that's that's what we're hanging. Well, like when is
0: Ohio State going to actually play a team that's good at football? They haven't because, played Cuz obviously ahead. that number 5 Notre Dame win, Notre Dame, it's pretty clear that they are that was way overrated and Trash. that game was closer than what the score ended up showing. So I'm just curious looking at their schedule,
1: I mean, when when will they actually play somebody? Maybe when they play Ohio State into Here's what I and this is what I'm getting to about this. Or Penn State, you mean? Or Penn when, State. Yeah, Penn State. When Ohio State weeks. plays Penn State. Yeah, when they yeah. play them. And Penn State, I think – I don't know if – this is why I'm interested when they do play Penn State because Penn State can actually run the football. So, mm. we're about to see has Ohio State really ah. toughened up? Have they really toughened up? But this is what I'm I'm going to say, man. Every, we went against the number five rush defense in the country. And I've watched Penn State. Defensively, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um their secondary is really good. Like, you stay away from throwing the football, which allows them to load up in the box. We just ran for 431 yards on them. Now, mm. don't get me wrong. I think Jim Knowles is a great defensive coordinator. You, the talent hasn't disappeared. The guys you had last year on that team on defense, they didn't go anywhere mm. for Ohio State. It's, it's, it's the same guys. <laughs> and I get it. We get yeah. this. Culture changes. But what, do I, what have I said about culture from the get? It starts at the top, man. I just don't think they're a tough football team this year. And I think after what I saw Michigan do this past week, I'm like, I think we could do that again. Like, mm. the way these guys are playing, the moxie they have, the, like, this is very – and I remember you and I talked about it. Like, we are like, ah, you can't really replace the intangibles of Aiden Hutchinson and right. of the day. But these guys, what I applaud Michigan on, which has been really a surprise for them objectively, Dave, is they didn't try to recreate last year's culture. They created this year's culture. Mm. They didn't try to recreate what Aiden and Cade and Hassan and David and Dax and all those guys. Like, they understood what that was. And, you know, it was all hearsay, like what you kind of hear in the media, what they say. And they they addressed that, hey, we understand last year's team was last year's team, great team. You can't replace those guys. But we're this year's team, and we're here to make a noise. We're here to make a statement. We're we're here to show you that yes, Aiden is great, but we don't we can win without him. David was great, and you're starting to see, man. Some of these guys have been waiting their turn the last couple years. Are are finally starting. To show. So that's really my biggest surprise. Like I thought we would be good this year. Um, I didn't think we would look dominant in the run game as we have.
0: Well, I'll say this to vouch, 'cause because I mean, not that I have to because it's recorded, but. You you wrote about this and you talked about this because I was pretty adamant, like, eh, you know, you lose a guy like Hutch, you 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 just you're not going to be able to replace all that. Not saying I thought Michigan was going to be bad, right. I was just like I didn't think they were going to be what they were because I remember even in the text you were like, I actually think they're going to be better, lol. Like like and I, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And and basically what they're putting out on the field is exactly what you were saying was going to happen all the way from whether it being getting Gaddis out of there, being addition through subtraction, or like you just said, finding their own identity on the defensive side of the ball, instead of just being like this, this thing that thrives on this one, one or two players heartbeat. Um,
1: so, I, and they're, I mean, they're taking care of business. They're taking care. So. It, it's It's not like, and that's my thing. Like, and that's what I was saying to some of these guys. I'm like, you guys haven't played anybody. like, And don't get me wrong, I never doubt who Ohio State is. We know who they are. Mm-hmm. They're high-powered. They're high-firing. They can drop 70 on you in a heartbeat. I think we all can agree to that. They've been plagued with injuries. And what has been my biggest thing about them outside of Ryan Day was been C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. I've always said I don't love his toughness. I don't love he's stagnant in the pocket. Like, if you can disrupt him, as we saw last year in the game, if you put a little heat on CJ Stroud, eh, you can force him into a, a mistake or two. You can force him to miss, and with the way Michigan plays the football, plays football, they just want to bleed the clock. They want to run the football, down your throw. They want to play dominant football, and which we've seen, they can continuously do. I think we're setting up. I'm not. I'm. I'm ready to say, like, I think we can really beat them in a the horseshoe at the top of the season. It's it's recorded. Go back and listen. I didn't think we could. I was like, eh, mm-hmm. it should be. I honestly think, Trey, this team can go to the shoe and upset them. Like, I really believe it, especially the fact that most people in national media are saying it. And I read an article this morning. Oh, Ohio State hasn't played anybody, but just wait. They're going to win. And then when they beat Michigan at the end of the year, everybody will see. Like, mm-hmm. that's been the consistent thing from national media is Ohio State is going to beat Michigan. That's the thing that got Michigan going last year was no one gave them a shot. And if you got these guys clicking, They're angry, they're mad, they're dominating, and then they're going into this game that they handled you last year with the same game plan, the same game plan. Mm -hmm. JJ's getting better every week. You got your star receiver back and Blake Corum. I mean, this is a contract year for him. He knows the more he plays well, the better he gets his chance of getting drafted higher and higher. Um, Mm -hmm. I like our odds. I'm not willing to say we're going to do it, but I really like our odds to go in the shoe and handle business.
0: Um I'm going to call an audible here on this episode because of how this conversation organically has gone. We basically we talked Pac 12. We talked ACC. Yep. We're talking Big 10 now. I think we just continue the episode just going each conference. Well, yeah. we'll go Big 12 because ironically we can talk about surprises and potential scenarios for every conference right now with how things yeah. are playing out. And so but I don't want to leave big 10 just yet because I want to talk about the other side of the conference which on the West, shocking. which which you've got right now, the two teams that I thought mm-hmm. we had Minnesota in there too, but the team I went the hardest for was Purdue. And then the team I kind of like felt like I had a feeling about was Illinois. And Illinois sitting at 6 and 1, 3 and 1 in the conference number 18. And then you got Purdue at 5 and 2. Oh, Purdue could be 7 and 0. Oh, or at least if not for that, just Hail Mary against Syracuse. Yep. They're sitting at at, at 6 and 1 as well, but they're both at the top of the, the West standings. Illinois and Purdue, they're going to play each other in a couple of weeks. I think that game will be the decider for who represents uh, that side in the in yes. the Big Ten Championship. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for seeing Illinois or Purdue in the Big Ten Championship. Purdue has it better the rest of the way, simply mm-hmm. because Illinois still has to play at Michigan. But um, if Illinois beats Purdue... It will allow them to lose to Michigan and still win the division, I believe, because the Big Ten do head to head. Yes, like if both teams are like five and two or six and two, head -head
1: matchup at that point.
0: Okay, because Illinois got it now. You know, I just they're good and they're playing really good defense, but they hadn't they hadn't seen a Michigan and, but I'm looking at Illinois schedule. Going, uh, it's not crazy to think these dudes could finish 10 and two easily. And, and, you know, depending on how the CFP plays out, I mean, they could end up in the freaking Rose
1: Bowl. Well, and here's the thing though with Illinois like, and don't get me wrong, I love my team, but it's the perfect trap game. We play them right before we play the game. Right. Which, which that, that I, I would say for the remaining part of like the Big Ten, that is my. Biggest. I started to play Michigan State in two weeks because we're their Super Bowl. But you it do really, get them coming off a bye.
0: We do Michigan get them State. Coming off I
1: mean, bye, right. But then you go Nebraska. You don't. You know. You don't know Nebraska plays everybody tough, and Mickey Joseph seemed to kind of get those guys turn around. Mm-hmm. But then I. I. I mean, I'm looking at it like Illinois really could upset Michigan. Like I'm going to say it here on the Blue Bloods podcast. I would be highly upset if we let that happen, but I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I, w- I wouldn't be shocked. They're playing dang good football, Chase Brown. Because we play similar styles of football. Like, we run to run the football. We want to play tough defense. Chase Brown might be – he's argue- I would say he's one of the top uh, three backs in the Big Ten right now. Like, he gets overlooked because he plays for Illinois. But the dude can run, man. So, I, I think that's a perfect trap game. I- I'm just saying to hear it, here, Trey. I it-, it wouldn't shock me if we got upset to Illinois.
0: I don't see Bielema winning that game. I, I, I could see it possibly being a close game. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, But Illinois' offense has had its struggles this year. Okay, I haven't watched much of them. So. And they haven't played anything close, in my opinion, to what Michigan's defense is doing. Right no, now. they
1: haven't. That's true.
0: Um, Now... Now, if the same Michigan team—I mean, that's the thing—because I think Maryland's offense is better, it's elite. Yeah, I mean, I think it's better than Illinois. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't even want to make that comparison because that's what kept Maryland in it. Now, do I think Illinois can can give Michigan some problems with their defense? Sure, but at the end of the day, like, like it's kind of like we used to say when Brett Bielema was at Arkansas. And he would play Bama close, but then would just, he'd just flat out get beat in the end. And what we would always mm-hmm. say is, when you're at Arkansas, you're not going to out Bama, Bama. Because this right. was back even before Lane Kiffin brought the spread into Bama. You know, they were still, you know, right. pounding the rock. And that's where it's like at Illinois, you're not going to out Michigan, Michigan. Valid. And so that's why I don't see them winning that game, though I do see them. Uh, I, gosh, I could see them winning one, two, three, four out of the next five. Uh, that Purdue game is going to be big. It's that really Purdue big. game. And then the other thing is, too, if they, they they went out, they beat Nebraska, beat Michigan State, which they should do, and then they go beat Purdue. I mean, they've really... Secured their spot. They've, they've secured their spot. Essentially, they, they're going into Michigan playing with house money. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, they come out and they've got, you know, their quote-unquote rivalry game with Northwestern. For a chance to go play for a Big Ten championship, wow. and um, and then even then it may very well be against Michigan. So it's yeah. like that. I, I don't. But man, who knows, man? Oh, Belama, I said it. I said he that uh, he he could win eight to ten games. Don't be shocked if you turn around and see Illinois winning eight to ten games this year. And then him, uh, I said him ended up going to Iowa. His alma mater, yeah, uh, he did say that. But who knows? He may go into Lincoln uh, in two weeks and and do a, try to do his audition
1: for that job. He if 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 Illinois goes to the Big Ten championship game, that dude is not staying at Illinois. No,
0: that dude no not
1: staying at Illinois. Not with Nebraska open.
0: Uh, I still think Iowa's going to come open.
1: You think so you think they're gonna get rid of Kirk? I all think these he's years.
0: I don't know if he's they're gonna get rid of him or if it's gonna kinda of be one of those deals where he dude, he's he, I mean I mean th- they're
1: trash. I,
0: well that's what I'm saying, and like there's all that stuff swirling around with him and you know, his son being the offensive yep. coordinator and I, I yeah, I mean I don't think it will be a deal where they fire him, but I think there will be some sort of like either he just retires. He steps down. Yeah, he just quote, retires. Quote. Um I don't know why. I just have a feeling that's going to happen. So, okay, Big Ten. I do want to touch back real quick on the ACC just to kind of put a button on that conversation we had because we talked we talked about a lot with the race between Clemson, Syracuse. You know, Wake mm-hmm. Forest is hanging in there, but it's looking like for the Atlantic side. One of my surprises in the ACC is North Carolina because North Carolina, to start the season, well, they struggled with FAMU for the whole yep. first half of that game. <laughs> They almost lost to Appalachian State, giving up like what a ridiculous a amount of points in the the, yep. the 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 third fourth quarter. Then they play Georgia State, almost lost to them. Then they lose to Notre Dame, and it's like oh, okay, Here we like go. they yep. they're they're about the wheels are going to fall off on this. Like we've been seeing this for three weeks now. Now they've lost. They're going to do nothing in conference. But then they've come out. They beat Virginia Tech. They beat. At Miami, they beat. They win at Duke, and now they're looking like a team with the way Drake May is playing. Their freshman quarterback, uh, brother, I believe, of Luke May, the mm-hmm. basketball player. I mean, he's thrown for almost twenty three hundred yards and twenty four touchdowns in six games. And I'm looking at their schedule, going, man, they they could, they could win out the rest of the way, or at least get to uh, you know Pitt. They got home versus Pitt, home versus Georgia Tech. I guess at Wake Forest and at NC State,
1: but... No, they're home against NC State. Oh, they are home against NC yeah, State. Yeah, they're home against NC State. Oh,
0: so they're at... Yeah, so they've got... They're home <laughs> three out of the next five. They just won back-to-back games on the road, and all that does for a team is boost confidence. Yep. Um, and that's... I'm looking going, man, they, that they're, that division that side of the conference is is really theirs for the taking right um and so i think that's a team to keep an eye on they could end up we could look up in a a few weeks from now and they're 11 and 1 or 10 and 2 getting ready to play you know clemson or syracuse yeah um in the in the acc championship but let's move over to this conference i want to get to the big 12 because
1: entertaining,
0: Sonny Dykes at TCU has <clears throat> got that. Him? Yeah, man, he's got them playing some ball. And right now them and Kansas state are at the top of the conference. Yeah. Uh, Texas squeak squeaked one out against Owen four conference team. Iowa state fighting Matt Campbell's. Um, yeah. Who, how about that? <laughs>
1: I mean, wow he should have he should have bailed when he was hot
0: wow a lot can happen in a year huh it seems like ever since their fan base decided to go on a aerial assault against me <laughs> their the wheels have just been slowly falling off that program but they did get college game day last year they so did get college Game, they day, get college game day. they did get college game day if you have right. if you're genius. a new listener <laughs> that's like our listen. first second yeah, episode just go listen to our first or second episode ever of this podcast and you'll get a little bit of context of what we just referenced but um, I'm loving this TCU, Kansas state. I don't know if it's going to stay that way. Um, I mean, really Texas is going to be that X factor. Cause like I said before, I've went on and said, I don't think, I think they could finish without being bowl eligible. It's like they could, they could finish this season mm-hmm. and not make a bowl game or just as quickly as I say that
1: they could be playing for a big, big 12 championship. 12 title. Um, cause look I at think- them. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, if you look at Kansas State, these next three games I think are going to define their season because it's at TCU, then they play Oklahoma State, then they play Texas. I I think, I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of TCU. Um, was it Max Dunnigan, the quarterback? He looks good though from the few yeah. things I play. He's. I think the X factor for this Kansas State team is Martinez.
0: Mm-hmm. If you get and they're play, and induced Vaughn. That, yeah, that, yeah, that,
1: that combo has been. That combo is amazing. If you get, I'll say this stuff. If you get the Martinez you got at the that play Oklahoma, psh, tough sledding, bro. Tough sledding. Because when he's on, even when he was that way at Nebraska, I hated him at Nebraska. Because you could be like, Yo, Taylor Martinez is trash. And then next thing you know, or is it Adrian? Which one is it? Is it Adrian his it's, brother's it's, Taylor? It's Adrian. Yeah. Okay. Taylor's sorry. The older one. Yeah, the older. Adrian Martinez. Yeah, he. He had one game where he's like throws for like three picks, 184 yards, rush for 32, and then the next week it's like, yo, he drops 300 yards on you, 70 yards on the ground, a total of five touchdowns. Like, if he's consistent these next three games, and, I, and I, I'm going to say this, I like them to beat Texas, Trey. I don't know if Texas has, have they played a quarterback that would give them fits on the ground like Martinez has? I, I don't
0: think so and here's the thing dude like just let's look at texas for a second like they can they win on the road i mean the only true road game they've played this season was at tech and they lost and then they had iowa state at home almost gave that game up and now texas is getting ready to go at oklahoma state at kansas state i i I mean, I, I like yeah. Kansas State in that matchup.
1: Yeah. And I they're going to be
0: hungry from last year because last year that Kansas State-Texas game came down to Kansas State couldn't convert a fourth and one like two different times. Had they converted it, they'd probably win that game. Right. And so they're hungry. for that. I mean, yeah. that's a game they've got circled. Yes. So,
1: I mean, Oklahoma State's not out of it. They're not. It's... I just think it's cool that TCU and Kansas State are in the driver's seat. I know. And here's the thing. Even though if one of them drops, whoever's going to drop this game in this matchup, they could still win out. And you can yeah. see them again in the Big 12. Like, the Big 12 team probably has one of the most interesting conference races coming up. They do. Because Oklahoma State's dropped one. Texas has dropped one. Kansas State or TCU is about to drop one. And then you're about to see the race to the finish. Well,
0: and the thing is, is Kansas State, TCU, and Texas all still have to play Baylor. And here's why that's significant, is because Baylor's going to play season wrecker for at least one of those teams. Yes. I think Baylor is going to at least be, I mean, look, they're obviously having a down year coming off the conference championship a season ago. I thought with Shapin coming in, taking over the... It just hasn't been what it is. I mean, you lose an all-American safety who's now playing in the NFL. You lose your your all-conference linebacker. Mm-hmm. You know, their defense just isn't what it was a season ago. I get right. it. They're 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 gonna have to figure that out. But that final stretch of the season, it goes Kansas State, TCU, Texas. They're going to play home wrecker for, yes, for, for somebody. One of those, yes. And um That just, again, to your point, makes it all the more interesting for that Big 12 race. It's 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 about to get real these last five weeks. Now, what it does show, though, is that that will be the conference. Well, let's get to the SEC, and then let's talk a little CFP. Got you. Because the SEC, you want to talk about surprises. So right now, it's not crazy to think you could have Tennessee. Some might think I'm crazy, but we said it at the beginning of the season that if there's any team on that side that could beat Georgia, it's them. Tennessee. And with some of the weaknesses, now, not this past weekend because they dominated Vanderbilt, but. Georgia, the weeks prior to that, they, they showed some. Struggled against Missouri. Struggled yeah. against Kent State. Yeah. yeah. Showed some chinks in the armor. But Tennessee versus Ole Miss is a a possible SEC championship game. I don't think it happens, and I have some reasons for it, even though I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd go for it. Hey, Ole Miss would finally get to play in an SEC championship game. They've never got to experience that. <laughs> I think they're the only team in the conference in the on the West. Well, no, I guess A and M hasn't, but A and M's only been in the conference for a decade now. Ole Miss has been in it for like,
1: I don't know. Forever.
0: Forever. Um but where do we start?
1: Let's talk Tennessee
0: Bama first.
1: What a game. What a game. I, I wanna say it this though, before we Bryce Young is amazing. Mm hmm. This has been one of the most undisciplined Nick Saban teams I've seen in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And yet the kid is Houdini. He almost pulled it out again. Like if the, if the kicker makes the field goal, they walk out of that with the dub. He -hmm. does. I think some of that is also on Bill O'Brien for not at least calling one run play in the midst of that, those last three plays. But then I also get it. It's, like, I've seen a lot of people, like, why didn't he call a run play? But I'm also like, dude, Bryce Young has made lemonade out of sour lemons way too mm-hmm. many times for you to go. Okay, do I put this in the hands of Jameer Gibbs, who, yes, who's been a great player for us, or do I put it in the hands of my reigning Heisman Trophy finalist, and I mean, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and let him do what he's been doing for us all year? Um, but then on the opposite side, man, Hendon Hooker, bro, Mm -hmm. Lights I mean when you thought like and you know because I was watching I was at work so I'm kind of like tuning in tuning out tuning in tuning out Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going so I saw they were up and I'm like oh crap okay cool then I saw Bama does the Bama rush where they come back and I'm going oh Bama's about to do Bama things here we go the refs is going to give them some help shout out to Hendon Hooker man the dude stayed calm he stayed poised he delivered big it was like every whenever Bama kind of hit the counter punch, here comes Hendon Hooker throwing out another haymaker. Like he mm-hmm. threw a couple haymakers that if there's any other team besides Bama, I think it knocks them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is huge for them, especially as they're about to go face a, a big time Georgia team in two weeks. Like when you like, okay, I know we just beat our biggest nemesis, and I mean they could put points up. I. I like this Tennessee team. Now, we said a couple weeks ago we were like, we don't know, but they were looking good. Dude, they look phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. I just on, – on the best day, I don't really know who can stop that offense.
0: Well, and if you look at their schedule, I mean, they've got UT Martin coming up, which is basically a glorified bye week. Yep. Um Kentucky, Kentucky they're not I mean it's it's really the Will Levis show at Kentucky he should sit it down in my opinion
1: I tweeted that
0: I saw that but I mean they're gonna they're 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 not gonna struggle to score points in that game and then Georgia I mean it's a big showdown with Georgia um, which is crazy that's gonna be this is where things could really get interesting in mm-hmm. in And from as far as the SEC and the uh, (coughs) CFP, because let me give you a scenario here. All right. Um, Tennessee 11 and one. No, let's do it this way. Let's say Tennessee's 12 and 0. Georgia's 11 and one. Mm. Tennessee's going to the SEC championship. Let's say both Bama, I don't think this is going to happen, but let's say both Bama and Ole Miss are 11 and 1. And because Bama beat Ole Miss, uh, they're going to the SEC championship. Mm-hmm. So you've got three 11 and 1 teams in the SEC and a 12 and 0. And then that twelve and O team loses, mm-hmm. so now you've got twelve and one, twelve and one, eleven and one, eleven and one.
1: What do you <laughs> do with that? Ooh, depends on what's happening. I, I'm want to come out and just say it just depends what happened in the Big Ten because this but is what where. I, go ahead.
0: I guess what I'm saying though is is does that guarantee? Two SEC yes. teams in. Yes.
1: um, Yes. Like, because there's nobody going to be unless, because even if UCLA is undefeated, I don't think they get. They should, they, though, in my they, opinion. They should. I, but they should. I agree.
0: But imagine this. Imagine that 12-0 SEC team that loses is Tennessee, and they beat Bama and Georgia. You leave them out?
1: No, you they get in. I think they get in if they go to the SEC championship game undefeated. That is just a to me that is just pageantry at this point. They're going oh. to the playoff.
0: Okay, so what do you do with Georgia, the team that didn't have to play?
1: Well, they because then out? you
0: have to put because because here's
1: I mean, I, come on, we it's Bama bias. If Bama beats Tennessee, they're going. Well, no, but they have to because they win the SEC championship. Right? That's what I'm saying. If they ha- if they win the SEC championship, the two teams that are going to the playoffs are Tennessee and Bama for sure. So, could you see a scenario though where it's the Big Ten
0: champion with three SEC teams? Now, it would have to be. It would have to be a very specific
1: scenario. It would be right. Here's, it would be the only way. The only way I see that happening is if. The Big Ten champion is an undefeated Ohio State. That's the only way I see that happening. Cause mm-hmm. let's just say Michigan runs the table. Mm-hmm. They're twelve and zero again. They lose Ohio State's the eleven and one team. Then Tennessee does their deal with with mm-hmm. Bama. I think, and we're just this is hypotheticals at this point. I think you get Michigan, Ohio State, Tennessee, Bama. Because let's like let's be real awesome. We can talk resumes. We're also going to talk. Let's talk the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Cash cow. Mm-hmm. That is so much money. Right. You got four blue bloods, essentially, playing for a CFP. So who are you saying? What for? I would say the only way it gets to that point would be Michigan will have to win out and Ohio State will have to lose one.
0: Oh, you're saying to get two Big to Ten get the, teams to in. To get two
1: Big Ten teams in, it would have to do okay. that. That's the only way I see that happening. I believe if Michigan loses Ohio State, they're not getting in. Like, they just don't get that type of – it'll just become they are who we thought we are. To get three SEC teams in, Ohio State has to win out, and somebody in the Pac-12 has to lose. I think that's the only way that – well, unless Clemson does what they're supposed to do. I, I mean, think there's just the outside – there's those outside. So Clemson has to lose – Whoever's undefeated, well, USC just lost, so UCLA has to lose. And then Ohio State has to win out. I think that's the only way you get three SEC teams into the college football playoff.
0: Yeah, the biggest wrench into the CFP this season would be for Tennessee to win out and then lose the SEC championship. Yep. Because at that point now, you've got a SEC championship loser who's got wins against Georgia and Bama on their resume mm-hmm. and their only loss being to whoever it was in the SEC championship. And at that point, if you've got an 11 and one Georgia team sitting there, maybe they, yeah, maybe they just get left out. But, and that's where to me, this season is a perfect picture of why we need expansion
1: for sure.
0: But then also my argument for expansion hasn't even been so more teams can have a chance. My argument has been like, let's make the bowl games meaningful again. Yep Let's give yep. them some, let's give, let's give them some, some, some meaning, some purpose beyond just, Oh, it's my end of the season bowl game. Like there used to be meaning back in the day. And I've been on this, I'll beat this dead horse again. You win your conference. You play your regional bowl. You win your regional bowl. You have a chance to be voted as a national champion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this season's a spitting image of why we need expansion. And but, but let's talk realistically, okay? So we've got Ole Miss. Ole Miss is getting ready to play at LSU. LSU's down there. They're at LSU at AM. Look, you can't just mark those as wins. Now, no. my opinion on this Ole Miss season so far, they benefited from having an incredibly weak schedule early, right? They they had basically four just gimme wins where they were able to work out their kinks, able mm-hmm. to find their identity, figure out who they were. I mean, they've lost, they they they've had to replace coaches, they've had to replace players including the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Um and then they come into conference play with a yeah, okay, I'll give them Kentucky. They were ranked number 7. Thankfully for their sake, they got, they got them at home. Yep. Uh, but again, I think Kentucky before it said and done ends up going to be in probably a five loss team this season. So, yeah. you know, now granted they got them and they were ranked number seven, but you know, those early rankings don't mean anything. Then they got to play at Vanderbilt. Okay. Ran them out of the stadium and then they got Auburn. Auburn is kind of like this. Um, I don't really know what to make of them this year because on some sometimes you see them and it's like, they are horrible, mm-hmm. but then they show flashes. We're like, well, no, I mean, they're, 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 they're pretty good, but right. they've beat them. So they've got at LSU at AM and then it sets up their showdown with Alabama. Who's playing, who, who Ole Miss gets them at home this year mm-hmm. and Tennessee just put the blueprint out there. I mean, like Ole Miss, I've talked about this too. They run the same, they run the same offense basically. Yeah. And so Ole Miss is now gonna take that blueprint. Kiffin's gonna put his own wrinkles because he's probably gonna go, okay, this is what was working for Tennessee. This is how Saban's gonna adjust to that. So here's how we're gonna attack it. Right. So I don't know what happens there, but I, I don't know. Here's here's the one, here's here's the the buzzsaw I think Ole Miss runs into. <laughs> and it's at Arkansas. And the reason why is because Arkansas as a four or five loss team in recent history has been that like season wrecker for Mm -hmm. Ole Miss. And I'm talking back in the Brett Bielema years where Ole Miss is coming off a season where they just beat Bama, they're top five, they're rolling. And then this Arkansas team who's just sort of limped their way to, you know, six and four beats them. One year, they shut them out. The other year, it was the crazy overtime game where Hunter Henry just flung the ball behind him on the yeah. lateral. So, I I got my eye on that game. Um, it is definitely going to be a track meet because we are not going to be able to stop Ole Miss's offense at all. But if our offense is cooking, it'll probably be exactly like it was last year where it came down to a, a two-point play. play. That, was, um, that was a good
1: game last year.
0: And then, of course, you've got the rivalry with Mississippi State. So so. Ole Miss, look, they're 7-0. and They're top 10. Well-deserved. But I think these last five games is where we're really going to see what type of really team are. this is. Yeah. yeah. Um, because they've got the firepower. Don't get me wrong. I mean, those mm-hmm. dudes can go. Yeah. Um, but I also think that they've they've the schedule has definitely been on their side yeah. up to this point. And look, they have no control over that, but it it's just a it's just a reality of the situation. Now, you got Bama. We always say it, oh, they just got exposed. They just got exposed. Well, I don't know. Bama, I mean, man. I mean, are they gonna make the adjustments? Are they gonna I mean, is Bryce Young gonna be healthier? Like, what's the situation? They've got yeah. Mississippi State. LSU. What would really be nice is if Bama could lose another game. Yeah. Uh, that that would help that yeah. would help keep them out
1: of the CFP. Mississippi State or Ole Miss would have to handle business because they're not gonna lose to LSU or Austin PA.
0: Yeah, it have to be it's it's gonna have to be Ole Miss. Um I think the the best case scenario for because when I think college football playoff like I want multiple conferences i want a different i want you yeah. know what i mean I want as many conferences represented as possible yep now for the pac twelve I was thinking u s c um And they may still very well win that conference, but is a one-loss Pac-12 conference champion USC team going to be enough to get in over a, I don't know, one-loss Georgia team that just lost in the SEC championship? Right. Or the scenario we just said with Tennessee, a one-loss Tennessee team. What would you like to see in the CFP? Maybe we can end this conversation with that.
1: This is what I would like to see. I would like to see Tennessee run the table because then I think it just makes it easy. Um, it would help if Bama lost another one and then, let's say, knocked off like an Ole Miss. Like, say, if they lost Mississippi State or LSU for some odd reason, then knocked off Ole Miss. Because I, I would like to see a little parody. Don't get me wrong. Like, we, I get it. And I'm, I'll say the SEC is the best football conference top for top tier in the in the country. It's the best football mm-hmm. conference. But I think it would be cool if you see Tennessee, a USC because here's here's why here's what I will say to you. If USC runs the table and they run the table well, mm-hmm. like stylistically, Lincoln Riley knows that. I mean, if they start dropping fifty, sixty point games, which they're capable of and run the table, then you could say, hey, like which we all say you're kind of allowed a mulligan, and they lost to a Utah team that's really good, that plays teams really tough, and they went on the road, um, and they did it that way, and they only lost by, what, three points. Like You could argue that if they handled their business well. If they handle their business, they went out, they beat teams handily. Caleb Williams still has, I think, potential to have a Heisman moment uh, and to play Heisman, trophy caliber. I think it would be tough to argue against bringing USC in as a one-loss team. Um, Then I think – I don't want to see Clemson, I'm going to be honest. Like, I just – I don't think they're that good. I think Mm -hmm. they might drop a game. Um, So then I think think if you can get, like, a USC, a Tennessee, if they run the table, which I still think is going to be kind of tough, and then you have the Big Ten champion, um, albeit Michigan or Ohio State, whichever one is going to be, that fourth slot I'm open. Like that fourth slot, I'm open at that point because then I'm going. Because here's another scenario: say you have what we just had, we all played out with the SEC. Mm-hmm. Say UCLA wins, they mm-hmm. beat USC, and then we go. But USC runs the table, and somehow they play for the Pac-10, Pac-12 title game. Now you have a 11 and one and 11 and one rematch. You know, USC wins that game now. Well, that well then that wouldn't really matter because then USC would be like 10-2 and two because they lost one to Utah. I just think there's just – I would like to see USC run the table as much as I'm not the biggest USC fan. I would like to see them run the table, go 11-1, and one, finish out strong. I would like to see Tennessee finish strong and run the table just for the sake of parity in the SEC. We know Georgia mm-hmm. has dogs. We know Bama has dogs. They're going to be fine. Um, and then it would be interesting to see what happens in the Big Ten. Um Cause, and then with that fourth slot, I think you just kind of leave it open for whoever at that point, which would be if Bama doesn't lose it. Well, because think if Bama loses, even if they run the table and they go to the big, the SEC title game, and they lose again, they're now two loss team, so they can't go in. Mm-hmm. So then, what do I think we get to the same point? I think you can have the three conference champions, and as long if Clemson drops a game, then you still sneak another SEC team in there, like a Georgia. Because um, if they play tight to Tennessee and they lose, you know everyone's going to be like, "Man, just they're the reigning national champs. Let them go." Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if there's a scenario, a scenario that everybody's happy with because it's only four teams. I just oh, don't exactly
0: there, there never is, but this season I think will be like the the so far at least the way it's playing out, it's like. Gonna blatantly show the need for yep. expansion. Okay, I've got yep. two two CFP thoughts, and then I'm done. I'd be okay with Georgia and USC playing in the first round, the one and four. Mm-hmm. I want to see a Lincoln Riley Kirby Smart rematch. Remember, they played the OU yep. Georgia in the Rose Bowl several years ago, and then uh, uh, Clemson Michigan That'd be as good. the two as the two three. I would like to see because then I feel like Michigan wins that game, and then we'd see Michigan playing what would be what would be insane is having a Michigan uh uh USC national 0-6 championship. 0-6 rematch, man. Oh five. Um, oh, 5 rematch. But uh uh I think that um Michigan uh, it'd probably more likely be a Michigan-Georgia in that in that yeah scenario. Now, what would I like to see? I want to see four undefeated teams hmm. from four different conferences. And that so here's good. what that looks like. And this is going to, it's going to be crazy. I want to see an undefeated UCLA. I want to see an undefeated Tennessee. I want to see an undefeated Michigan. And then I want to see either an undefeated TCU Ooh. or Clemson.
1: Now that's a good question. What do you do if TCU or Kansas State runs the table? Well, Kansas State lost to Tulane. Oh yeah, that's right. They lost to Tulane. Okay. So they're
0: so, they they could go
1: undefeated in conference, but, it matter. but yeah. they, they lost to Tulane. So yeah, what do you That's a good qu- what do you do if you have these one-loss SEC teams and then you have an undefeated like TCU gets to argue gets to argue, we're undefeated, we deserve a shot. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, so what do you do if you have an undefeated TCU an undefeated Michigan or Ohio State? Because I believe one of those two teams will go undefeated. Which one? Then, yeah, you have undefeated. Yeah, if you have, have undefeated Tennessee and undefeated UCLA, that's a freaking good. I would I would be really pumped for the sake of wow. It's not Bama in Georgia.
0: Right, and what's going to throw a wrench in that whole scenario is if Tennessee wins out and then loses to Bama in the SEC championship. That yeah. that I feel like the worst thing that could happen is for Tennessee to win out and then lose to Bama in the, in the SEC championship. Tennessee has to win out. Like you almost just need Tennessee and Ole Miss to play each other in the SEC championship, because I don't think the committee will put the 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 loser of that game in. No. No. Right, like no. last year, like the loser of the game, you knew you knew if you knew Bama won get, last year. Like if Bama lost, they weren't in. But if you knew if Georgia lost last year, they were
1: in. Right? Yeah, we need some man. We need man. We need Tennessee to run the table. We need yeah, Tennessee we need, to run the table. We need a handful of teams to run the we table. Need a handful of teams to run. Which I I want to say I think the easiest to run the tables in the Big Ten right now. I haven't. Um, I mean, Michigan's schedule isn't daunting the rest of the way. And then, I mean, Ohio State, they don't really play anybody, honestly. So, I think you're going to get an undefeated team out of the Big Ten. I definitely see that happening. I don't know about our other conferences, though. I know. There's just too much.
0: Too many There's,
1: teams have to play each other still. Because when, what, you look at the Pac-12, you said, let's see. You UCLA have, you see is really they, the only team that can do it. I mean, who they have left, they have. Oh, that's a tough They have Oregon this week. Stanford should win. Arizona State should win. Arizona, you should win. Then you have UCLA. I mean, they have two tough matchups left. And I'm not sold on Oregon. Bo Nix is Bo Nix. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean,
0: UCLA, I mean, they're coming off, you know, they, they took care of Utah, um, took care of Washington, and, you know, this. it's not – no, it is this weekend.
1: Yeah, they play Oregon this weekend.
0: Yeah, that's this weekend.
1: The game days headed to Eugene.
0: Yeah, and that's the is that the two thirty slot? Uh,
1: I think for you. Well, for me,
0: it would be two thirty. For you, yes, it's yes. Yeah, yeah, that's two. Yeah, because they're waiting 3:30. to see if they can put it on Fox or FS1 because they're waiting on the baseball playoffs. Ah, uh, gotcha.
1: Which gotcha. then that's
0: answers right. what we've been ending with. That's the game I, that doesn't feature my team. My team's not even playing, so that is yep. the game I am most looking forward to is
1: um, with Clemson-Syracuse as a close second. Yeah, I'm on a bye this week. So Clemson-Syracuse will be my one, but I will be keeping my eye on UCLA Oregon. Because now I have to root for UCLA. I have to root for them to run the table. Yeah. And then well, I have to root for TCU to run the table.
0: Well, and then I'll just say Kansas State and TCU. And finally, we have a weekend where the three best games are in three different time slots. Yes. God, man. They've been. That's they been need to do better out.
1: scheduling. Yeah, it's. They need to do better at scheduling these games, man.
0: Oh, dude, this is this is money. I got Syracuse Clemson at eleven. I got UCLA Oregon at two thirty, and then I got TCU Kansas State at seven. Ooh, that's a good
1: lineup. That's Names a Saturday. Bama Mississippi State on the back end too. See what's going to happen there if they will have a hangover. Okay, well. What a day. Don't forget you got Texas-Oklahoma State, too. Yeah, I know. That's going to be on on the screen. That's going to be on one of the screens. What a week of college football coming up. My team doesn't even play even greater. Less stress.
0: Yeah, then you're not (laughs) worrying about... Exactly. Well, and what sucks is when your team's playing BYU at the same time slot as freaking Tennessee-Bama. So, I'm like, I'm missing probably the game of the weekend (laughs) because I'm sitting here watching my team in a
1: shootout with freaking BYU. Anyway. All right. I'm done, man. Well, that's it, man. Thanks. That, that episode episode's a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> thought it was two weeks off. But hey, thank you guys, man, for tuning in. We appreciate y'all. Um, hey, man, enjoy the simple things of life like as a Saturday and watching your favorite team play college football because it could be a lot worse. So yeah. enjoy. Amen. Love you guys. I love college, hey. college football. Hey. I love March Madness. Hey. Man, I love. College.